Unfiltered by Jade. Jade. Welcome to the Unfiltered by Jade, where we get out of the box and dive into topics that are sidelined. I look forward to entertain, educate, and inspire. Feel free to like, share, subscribe, donate, and make everybody know about it. Beats by RB Records. Shopping assistance, your style, your budget. Our services include online and local shopping for individuals and businesses, personal shopping, purchasing of company and office supplies, importing and exporting small packages across Jamaica and worldwide, and helping you find unique gifts and items for all events and occasions. Contact us at 876-919-5195 or shoppingassistance2015 at gmail.com. Shopping Assistance, your style, your budget. Welcome back to the Unfiltered by Jade. We have with us here again, Dr. Beth Goldstein, and I'm excited today because she's going to speak about acne. We had our part one where we spoke about the skin. So today we're going to go in depth about acne. So hi, Dr. Beth. Wonderful to be speaking with you. Yes, it's good to have you here again. So I want to like know first, what is acne? So acne, traditional acne, which is what we call acne vulgaris, is um, something that occurs. Sometimes little babies will have some of it because uh, they have some hormones from their mothers still in their blood. So at the very beginning of life, sometimes you can have activated sebum glands or oil glands, but that um, usually you don't have it until puberty starts kicking in. Mm. And that is actually happening earlier and earlier these days. Um, but it is an activation of the old glands by hormones and it causes a whole cascade of reactivity in the skin. Everything from causing the cells that line the follicles to not really um, exfoliate normally. They kind of stay and plug up the pores and then there's excess oil production. And we all have, we're all human animals and we have, uh, mites and bacteria all over our skin. Nobody really likes to think about that much, but mm -hmm. we have a bacteria in our skin is called cutobacterium. And it is normal in certain degrees on our skin. But when you plug up the pores and you have the bacteria there, they break down the lipids in the sebum and it causes a release of lots of inflammatory modulators that cause the redness and the pus, and that can all lead to scarring if it's occurring deeper in the skin or people pick a lot. And so it's really hormonal. Okay. Most teenagers, like 85% or more of teenagers get acne, but actually a lot of adults get it, particularly adult women, because we have hormones our whole life. They don't right. go away. Um, and so it is something that people can get of all ages and there are different types of acne and other conditions that can look like acne, but this is speaking about traditional acne vulgaris, the common acne. Okay. So apart from 
hormonal effects or um, children being born with it because of them having some hormonal, you know, from their from their mom. Um, what else causes acne? Well, there can be acne from like, say, if you use a really thick hair pomade and it gets on your face, that can cause plugging of your pores or putting really thick moisturizers, things like Vaseline. You know, there's a whole thing about slugging. I don't know. Have you, have you seen that? No. What is so slugging? People put lots and lots of uh, petroleum jelly or Vaseline on their face and leave it on overnight. What? And so, yeah, if you tend to get acne, that is just like, you know fertilizer for plugging of your pores if you tend to get it. If you have really dry, sensitive skin and you never get acne, well, you can get away with that. And certain cosmetics can be very um, occlusive on the face, certain makeups. And then scrubbing too much can actually aggravate uh, acne as well. So over-cleansing and being overzealous in what you're trying to do. A lot of people think acne comes from dirt, you know, not cleaning their face enough. Right. And certainly teenage boys really get that. You know, the mom's like, you're getting acne because you're not washing your face. Mm. But actually it's hormonal and gentle cleansing is what you need to do. You can use medicated cleansers, but it's not because your face is not clean, clean enough, except for conditions like the thick makeup or the uh, hair pomade. Now, uh, cancers that produce those hormones we talked about, or taking extra hormones, so say testosterone. So people who are in transition from female to male will often take testosterone and they can have horrific problems with acne from that. It usually gets better, but that is one of the side effects. And if you have uh, an adrenal tumor or an ovarian tumor that secretes a lot of androgen or male hormone, that can cause acne too. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes weightlifters will take steroids or take um, different types of whey protein, and that can definitely flare some acne as well. Oh, okay. Okay, so it also could, acne also is contributed to things that we intake. Yeah, it's really interesting, the whole diet piece in acne. So there's this whole um, body of knowledge about having too much um, sugars and carbohydrates in our diet, people will know it as like glycemic, high glycemic load diets have been pretty strongly associated with acne. But mm. if you try to tell a teenager, you know, no pizza, no French fries. That ain't no, gonna work. That's not gonna no, work. <laughs> a little bit. And I don't wanna throw people under the bus. Like I've seen people who are like strict healthy, organic fruits and vegetables still get acne. Yes. So the high glycemic load diets can aggravate acne and make it maybe more treatment resistant, but you're not really causing the acne necessarily by not eating perfectly. And there was a really large study of nurses, like 30,000 or more um, people. And retrospectively or looking back, they found that uh, a lot of skim milk in particular, because with skim milk, the hormones in the milk are more freely absorbed, okay. can be associated with increasing acne. So oh. if you want to say diet, then you would say have a very healthy diet that is not high with a high glycemic load. Mm 
Right. And, you know, avoid skim milk, but particularly for teenagers, you want to still make sure they get plenty of calcium. Right. You want to make sure there's a balance there with enough calcium. And recently, I think it's going to be fascinating. There's not enough data or studies yet about prebiotics and probiotics and gut health and acne, but it's, it's looking very intriguing. Hmm. So I think, you know, to be on the lookout for maybe some very interesting and wonderful ways that people can help control their acne, particularly through their diet, diet. you know, eating fermented foods and those types of uh, diet that really help your gut health overall. Like we should be doing that anyway. Yes, yes, yes. Fiber and all that, but, but it, I think it's going to come down, you know, sooner than later about recommendations for acne as well. Okay. Okay. That's understandable. How is acne diagnosed? So usually it's just on exam, you know, the common areas where you see it first or where there are highest concentration of oil glands. So usually your T-zone certainly can be on the trunk. It's usually on the chest, mid chest and upper back. If someone has been taking like a lot of steroids um, or certain medications can cause acne, then you definitely want to take a good history and make sure that there's not an outside source that's causing the acne. Or like in an older woman, if all of a sudden they have acne, then you're going to want to make sure there's not like an internal cause, like a cancer that would be causing her acne at that age. You know, that's unusual. Right. Usually it's just based on history and physical exam. Certainly for adult women or even, you know, late teenage women, conditions like polycystic ovarian syndrome Uh can be associated with recalcitrant acne. And that acne can be associated with other significant health risks like high fats in the blood, increased risk for diabetes, maybe even increased risk for heart disease. So sometimes acne is a window into other health manifestations. So it's not just, oh, you've got a pimple and it bothers you. Okay. You, you, you spoke about um, the different types or some different types of acne. How many kinds of acne are there? Are out there? <laughs> can we not we just say okay. acne and we think it's one thing? <laughs> I can uh, start uh, with, you know, just some different, different kinds of acne. Uh, but I do want to say one thing about the psychological component. Is that okay? Sure. So you can never guess how much people's acne bothers them based on the severity of it. So some people feel very disfigured with very, what I would consider mild acne, but we're actually treating the whole person. We're not just treating their skin. Right. So if somebody has a huge psychological impact, even though they don't have scarring or they don't have a lot, then that really needs to be taken into account because it can lead to depression and anxiety and low self-esteem. And there are people that have very severe acne who it really just, they'll deny that it bothers them at all, which mm. is fine and good for them. But you just can't assume um, which way people are going to go. Okay. So now back to your question. <laughs> Types of acne. So we talked a little bit about acne mechanica or cosmetica, like the ones where, you know, heavy makeup. Right. Or- Pomades or scrubbing their skin too much. There's acne rosacea, and some people can actually have both. 
So rosacea is usually characterized by a lot of redness and flushing and blushing. Okay. And over time, particularly in women, acne tends to be more along the jawline. Mm. And rosacea tends to be more in the middle of the face. Some people get broken blood vessels with that. It tends to have different triggers like heat, spicy foods, wine, just heat in general can make that worse. The treatments, there's a lot of overlap, okay. but the management can be different. People with rosacea have very sensitive skin barriers. So products that you can use in people with regular acne, even with sensitive skin, sometimes people with rosacea can't handle it at all. And they sometimes have just a lot of stinging and burning of their skin, even with or without acne, pimples like uh, pustules. Acne rosacea doesn't have like blackheads and whiteheads. It's more red bumps or pustules, sometimes cysts and nodules, which are deeper. And they can have scarring as well, but it presents differently. There are conditions where, particularly heading into the summer, where it's real humid, and some people can get an overgrowth of yeast and they can get a yeast folliculitis, and that's treated very differently than regular acne. It tends to be like a lot of the pustules look to be kind of the same stage. Uh It tends to be pretty itchy, and it won't respond to the regular acne treatments, and that is called pterosporum folliculitis. Don't see it a lot, but (laughs) there's perioral dermatitis. Sometimes it's also around the nose. And it's not quite acne, it's not quite a rash. Sometimes it looks like little tiny blisters. And that can come up sometimes as a result from chronic steroid use on the face, but it also comes from people whose skin can't tolerate. Like say you started an exfoliating cleanser like a glycolic acid or a pretty aggressive retinoid, or it doesn't have to be aggressive, your skin just has to think it's too aggressive. Mm-hmm. And that is a stubborn form of a facial dermatitis that can really mimic acne. And that is, we see that. It's not all that common, but we definitely do see that. And um, that that can be annoying and challenging to treat. Uh Uh What should we do though to prevent acne? Like all these different types of acne. So some people, you know, are never gonna have acne and lucky for them, right? Their skin, just their hormones and their skin have a a little better relationship. Um, For starters, if your acne is mild, to go with a mild exfoliating cleanser that your skin will tolerate. And no matter what people start, they should go slowly. Like don't think if you wash your face with a medicated cleanser once a day, if you use it five times a day, it's going to make your acne go away. So the, let's back up a little bit and say the principle of acne treatment is to prevent new pimples from coming. Mm. You can you know, make the pimples that are there go away a little faster with different treatments. But for the most part, what you're trying to do is prevent new ones from coming. Okay. And so the treatment sh- expectation should be what I'm going to start today in two weeks, I'm not going to throw in the towel. I really need to give it four to six weeks because that's how long it takes the skin to turn over. Ew. And so wherever I tend to break out is where I I need to use my treatment. So, so many people will just spot treat their acne, you know, just put the the medicine on their bumps. Uh And some some treatments will make those bumps again go away a little faster, but there'll be new ones right behind it. So what you want to do is you're trying to normalize your follicles as much as possible, starting from 
day zero. And so in four to six weeks, what you should see if your treatment is working for you is fewer bumps and them not lasting as longer, long. It's not a cure. Your body will stop making acne when your body's ready to stop making acne. We just really manage it. There's the only thing short, sort of like a cure would be isotretinoin or Accutane. And that really puts acne into remission. And then hopefully your body, by the time it comes out of remission, is no longer has this relationship to cause hormones and acne and pimples in your, in your body. So for most people, the majority is the expectation of control. So whatever you do, you want to treat wherever you tend to break out. So if you only break out in your T-zone, well, you only need to use medicine in your T-zone. But if you break out kind of all over your face, then you need to use it all over your face, Mm -hmm. all over your chest or trunk or whatever. And your back. And back, yeah. So um, the easiest thing to start with is salicylic acid or glycolic acid cleansers. Okay. And you want to start it like once every other day and try it to a small area first. Because if you're going to have a reaction, Lord, you don't want it all over your face. (laughs) You know, that's just bad. You know, not only do you have the acne, you have this horrific, irritated rash. Mm -hmm. Uh, So start slowly and start things every few days. Even if you're started on a new prescription medicine, you know, start slowly. So over-the-counter products like glycolic acid, salicylic acid are really easy to use. Benzoyl peroxide washes can work very well. Okay. You want to go with the really milder ones. The 10% can be very harsh, very drying. And benzoyl peroxide can bleach out your clothes and your towels. Mm. So it's a little bit trickier to use. So as an adult woman, you don't tend to wash, uh, wipe your face with your shirt, right? Right. But the 15-year-old guy does it all day long, and you're going, what happened to your shirt? You're running on your shirts. Well, he's wiping the benzoyl peroxide on his shirt. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So usually it's better to use it at night, wear an old T-shirt, put old towels in the bathroom, an old uh, pillowcase on the pillow, because it definitely can can ruin those and bleach those out. But it can also be very effective. Benzoyl peroxide twice a day as a cleanser or a leave-on product it's almost as good as a lot of the prescription products. And again, to go with a two and a half percent at most of 5% product, a 10% product is really more of a spot treat. Very, very few people can tolerate a 10% day in, day out. I mean, if your skin is tough and super oily, you can try it. Okay. But that that's a little tough going. There are really some wonderful over the counter treatments. Now there is one called Adapalene. The brand name is Differin Gel. And over-the-counter is not as strong as prescription, but that's something you would put on at night. And you can actually put it on with a low-potency benzoyl peroxide. Okay. There's a prescription version of that where it's combined together. You can look for EpiDuo over-the-counter, and that's just so easy for compliance because that's part of the problem. Uh You have to use it every day, day in and day out. And if you could just put on one thing, that's so easy. Uh And there's much less irritation. It's a very stable molecule. So if it's a little drying, then you can actually add a moisturizer with it, like a CeraVe or a Cetaphil or something very lightweight. And using that for mild acne can be very, very effective. Okay. If anybody is picking 
even mild acne can scar. Oh boy. So it was so tempting to mm -hmm. pick. I mean, I'll tip people all day long, don't pick. And if I get a pimple, what do I do? I pick, right? Mm -hmm. So these acne patches are actually just what we call hydrocolloid. They're over the counter. You can buy a specific acne patch, but you can actually just go to the pharmacy and next to the burn band-aids are hydrocolloid patches, and you can just cut it to the size of your pimple. And put it on it. And it actually heals faster. So if you have a pimple, rather than pick at it, just put a patch on it. Huh. And that will keep you from picking. Because if you pick, you can scar either by the pressure you put on it, so the pimple ruptures deeper into the skin, so there's a lot more inflammation. And some people with mild acne scar. Yes, yes. You don't have to have bad acne to scar. So if anybody's scarring, we really strongly encourage them to go in and get prescription treatment and get support because there's so many great treatments out. You don't really need to scar. Right, right. And I think also because sometimes people don't know the difference with the rosacea and the acne or the different types of acne, it's best to go to a dermatologist first. Right, and really get yourself on a good program. So for adult women and teenage women, there's there's these great hormonal options with contraceptive pills, but not all birth control pills or um, implants are great for acne. So you really want to uh, make sure that if you're going on um, hormonal treatment for acne, which can be super effective, like you're going... Are you going to be on an antibiotic or a birth control pill? Do you have heavy periods or painful periods or for family planning or whatever reason? Mm -hmm. They can be super effective uh, for women with acne. Men, of course, don't have that option. Right. But there, there are a number of treatments. There is a new anti-androgen, anti-male hormone treatment that men can use in a topical. But it's not the first or second or third thing you would go to. Right. Um, but it can be used. And for women, if they're not planning a pregnancy, and particularly if you're on birth control pills, because it causes breast tenderness and sometimes some spotting, and it's not good for a male fetus. So it's better if you're on a birth control pill with it, is something called spironolactone. And it's getting a lot of attention these days hmm. for treatment for adult women in acne. And it's funny because I remember I started out in 1991 and I would rotate through this older dermatologist practice. Right. And I was refilling a prescription for a patient of hers for spironolactone. And this is, you know, 30, 30 something years ago. And she said, you're not giving her enough. That's not going to do anything. <laughs> but it's now in vogue and it's a great alternative to antibiotics mm -hmm. for people with women with nodulocystic cystic acne. It's a really great option. Nice. So there are so many, there are so many different things that we can use out there now for acne. And there's some non-systemic ways to treat it as well. There's peels, chemical peels. Um, estheticians can help with unplugging, you know, but they need to be knowledgeable as right. well. There's light treatments that are used sometimes. Usually insurance doesn't cover those so much, nor does insurance usually cause um, cover chemical peels. But no matter what you do along those lines, you still need a basic day-in, day-out management strategy. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Is emotional health connected to acne? 100 million percent. So stress is not going to cause acne, but stress can certainly make acne worse. Mm -hmm. For sure. <laughs> 
Um, there are some, you know, there are persons who probably um, don't have acne at all, but when they're under stress, that's when the acne comes up. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have a tendency, and again, I don't like to blame people for getting acne, like, oh, if you just, you know, had good karma, you know, <laughs> know life happens and you do the best you can, you know, mm-hmm. eat healthy, you know, gentle cleansing, drink water. And when stress comes up, well, yeah, you know, that, that might be a, your body's way of telling you to take care of it. Yeah. If you can, you know, <laughs> manage your stress the best way you can, yes. which I'm sure you are, but. Yes. <laughs> She's such a sure I am. Okay. <laughs> Yes, and make sure drink enough water because they always say we need to flush our bodies. Yeah. All of that we're being told, right? So, um, yeah, we have spoken about acne. Um, I want you to tell us though, where is it that we can find you if it is that we need to talk to you more about it or get some more information? Absolutely, my TikTok is Derm D R M Doctor D R M D R Goldstein G O L D S T E I N all together. Mm-hmm. Please follow me. I try to give really great tips about how to have your healthiest skin. Mm-hmm. Okay. And your Instagram, I'll insert whatever that was for the first one that we did. I'll insert these connections for this. So persons will have um, the information to contact if they need to. And happy to answer any, any other questions. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much again for being on the Unfiltered by Jade. And we'll be back next week, Tuesday. Thank you. Bam 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 bam